captured me, something captured my heart, and the Lord took me through a process. I'm going to explain that process to you this morning because there's, we're going somewhere with this. Um, only because I've been thinking, I've been praying, I've been pursuing the Lord. We have a number of people in, this, in, in our fellowship that need a touch from the Lord, need a healing touch from the Lord. And, and um, I've been asking him, Lord, is there anything that we can do? What, can, what, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to... Um, proceed anyway. i just not really sure. We did a time of fasting, but I, I wasn't sure that another fast was what the Lord was calling us to. So we'll get there in a minute. But if you want to, you can look up John chapter 5, or we'll put it up on the screen. Um, it goes like this. Then Jesus returned to Jerusalem to observe one of the Jewish holy days and Inside the city near Cheap Gate, there is a pool called in Aramaic, the House of Loving Kindness, and you may know that pool as the Pool of Bethesda. But what it literally means is the Pool of Loving Kindness. And this pool is surround, <clears throat> excuse me, surrounded by five covered porches. Hundreds of, sick pe- hundreds of sick people were lying there on the porches. And normally the translations say multitudes, but how many is multitudes? When you hear multitudes, you just think of a lot. But if I say hundreds, that's a little more descriptive for us, isn't it? Hundreds of sick people were lying there on the porches, the paralyzed, the blind, the crippled, all of them waiting for their healing. And for an angel of God would periodically descend into the pool to stir the waters, and the first one who stepped into the pool after the waters swirled would instantly be healed. Now, there was a man who had been disabled for 38 years, lying among multitudes of the sick. And when Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that the man had been crippled for a long time. So Jesus said to him, do you truly long to be healed? The sick man answered him, sir, there's no way I can get healed, for I have no one who will lower me into the water when the angel comes. As soon as I try to crawl to the edge of the pool, someone else jumps in ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, stand up. I don't know if that's the way he said it. Stand up. Or stand up. I don't, I don't know how he said it. Pick up your sleeping mat and you will walk. And immediately he stood up. He was healed. So he rolled up his mat and walked again. Now this miracle took place on the Jewish Sabbath. And when, Jesus, when the Jewish leaders saw the man walking along carrying his sleeping mat, they objected and said, what are you doing carrying that? Don't you know it's the Sabbath? It's not lawful for you to carry things on the Sabbath. And he answered them, the man who healed me told me to pick it up and walk. What man, they asked. Who was this man who ordered you to carry something on the Sabbath? But the healed man couldn't give him an answer, for he didn't yet know who it was, since Jesus had already slipped away into the crowd. A short time later, Jesus found the man at the temple and said to him, Look at you now. You're healed. Walk away from your sin so that nothing worse will happen to you. Then the man went to the Jewish leaders to inform them it was Jesus who healed me. So from that day forward, the Jewish leaders began to persecute Jesus because of the things he did on the Sabbath. Jesus answered his critics by saying, Every day my father is at work, and I will be too. This infuriated them and made them all the more eager to devise a plan to kill him. For not only did he break their Sabbath rules, but he called God my father, which made him equal to God. So Jesus said, I speak to you timeless truth. That's an interesting way to say, I speak to you timeless truth. The old translation said, verily, verily, I say unto you. And remember reading that as a kid, verily, ever, truly, truly. I speak to you timeless truth. The son is not able to do anything from himself or through my own initiative. 
I only do the works that I see the Father doing, for the Son does the same works as his Father. Because the Father loves his Son so much, he always reveals to me everything that he is about to do. Now, here's the interesting thing about this story, and many people have asked this question. Jesus goes to Jerusalem. It's a holy day, time for a holy day. He goes to this pool, the pool of Bethesda, this pool of healing, where an angel comes and stirs the water, and there's hundreds of people all around this pool waiting for the angel to stir. Jesus goes into that place, touches one person, and heals them, and then disappears. Has that ever bothered you? Why would he do that? He had all those people there. I mean, why would he only, why would he only heal one? And he disappears. He hides. Well, first of all, he explains part of it. He says, listen, I only do what I see my father doing. So obviously, he only saw the father healing one person, and that's what he did. But here's what I think Jesus was doing. He was fishing. He was fishing. I think those people were locked into a kind of tradition, maybe a spiritual rut, of this is how I get my healing. And if I can just... And there had to be, there had to be hundreds of sick people and then other people as well who were caring for them. I mean, what a, what a place that must have been. I can't imagine. Anyway, Jesus goes in, he heals one person and then leaves. I think he was fishing. I think he wanted, and I'm sure that the story started to, how long does it take for something like that to whisper down the alley like this man came, prayed for me, or touched me, healed me, and I'm healed. I didn't even have to get in the water. Who was it? I don't know. Later he finds out it's Jesus. Maybe he went back to the pool of Bethesda. But we know this is early in Jesus' ministry. It's early, so crowds aren't following him yet. But we know that eventually a lot of people start following him, pursuing him. Masses of people come after him. And I think that there's something in this story for us that God wants us to pursue. wants us to pursue him. He wants us to go after him. He wants us to not not, uh, stay where we are. And it sometimes changed mindsets. How do I get my healing? It's in that man. Whoever that man is, that's where my healing is. He's the living word. That's where we have to go. That's where it is. And so Jesus does that. And uh, so Jesus comes, and I think what he was doing, when Jesus came, he didn't stir the water. He stirred the pot. He got things rolling for everybody to say, listen, the Son of Man has authority over all of this. It's not just the angel that comes that stirs the water, but it's the Heavenly Father that actually brings the healing. Healing, The angels are ministering spirits, but it's the Father that brings the healing. So I've been thinking about... the, the fact that, and, and that we want to see more healing in this place. And about a year or so ago, I compiled a list of healing scriptures. And it was four pages long, front and back. And we handed it out in prayer meeting. And uh, so some of the folks that come to prayer meeting have those scriptures. And we would pray them on a Wednesday night. And say, just pick, pick them out. Let's just declare the word. Declare the word. And so we did that, and then, you know, then we'd put it away, and I'd get it out again later. And I've been thinking about that. I've been thinking about those scriptures, and I thought, you know, reading John chapter 5 
and think about those scriptures. Well, maybe we need to maybe we need to pull those out, and maybe we need to start um, reading those. Like for a week, let's just call the church to take those scriptures. And so I printed some copies, and I was all ready to hand them out, but I'm 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 not going to hand them out because the Lord gave me another idea. Friday morning. I'm enjoying my sleep, although I don't realize I'm enjoying my sleep. You know you enjoy sleep when you don't know it. It's when you wake up and you can't get back to sleep that you realize that you enjoy sleeping. Anyway, I woke up at 4.30 and I couldn't get back to sleep. And I'm thinking about John chapter 5 and I'm thinking about healing scriptures and I'm trying to, I'm, I'm processing, I'm processing all of this. And it's like... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually preaching, I'm preaching my message to me while I'm laying there. You know, when your mind gets going, you can't slow it down, you can't put the brakes on. And so in a, in a period of about 10 minutes, this happened. I'm, I'm thinking, you know what, a week's not long enough. We need to pray these scriptures for a month. Not pray them, we need to declare them. We need to declare these scriptures for a month. And we all need to do it together, okay? <clears throat> so, so I'm thinking... Well, oh, I know what I can do. Instead of, you know, trying to get through four pages every day, let's break them up into four segments. Let's do one page for one week and then do the next page the second week and the next page the third week and the next page the fourth week and spread them out. I said, yeah, that'll work. Week one, week two, week three, week four, go home month. And then I thought, it's April 5th. When I got, when I woke up, when the Lord woke me up, Friday was April 5th. One week is May 5th when Craig Miller's coming. And he's a fellow who wrote several books on healing, emotional barriers to healing, wrote a book with Randy Clark. Randy Clark is a fellow that has an international healing ministry. And I began to think, God, what are you doing? Here I am, here I am having these thoughts about praying for a month, starting today, we'll start today, back on the table, everyone's asking what the table's about, back on the table are sheets, week one, week two, week three, week four of the scriptures that we'll do for the week. I'll explain that in a minute. But I'll tell you a couple stories first, because there needs to be a reason and a purpose to why we do it, not just that we're, not just pray scriptures or declare scriptures, not that that's not important. A fellow by the name of Arthur Burke was at our church a number of years back, and he's traveled all over the world um, ministering in different places. But he told us, tells a story when he went to a, Africa. He was in a village in Africa one time and uh, visiting different ones. He comes to this particular village, and he's talking to the leader of the village. And they had a strong spiritual community in that village. And the leader says, uh, just wanted to tell you, Arthur, that in this village you can drink the water. There's no disease, there's no sickness. This water in this, just within the perimeter of our village, the water is perfectly fine. I can't vouch for outside that. But see, we've just prayed and we've taken authority and the water is good right here. We've taken dominion of our water. We were tired of being sick, so we prayed and prayed and prayed and sought the Lord and our water is healed. So you can drink our water. But I can't, Vouch for that outside. Another story I heard 
in southeastern Pennsylvania, and I don't remember what state it was. I don't remember if it was South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, if it was Georgia, Mississippi. I don't know. I don't remember. But they were experiencing a drought. They weren't getting rain, and the crops were dying. And it wasn't that long ago. It was like in the last 10 or 15 years. And there was one church in one county that prayed dominion. They prayed authority. They prayed, they prayed um, blessing. They blessed their, their land and their property and everything with peace. And do you know what happened? Rain cloud would come and wouldn't drop any rain. We'd get over that county, would drop rain, and then stop and then move on. And so you could drive along and you'd see brown everywhere. And you come into that county, it's green. Well, what's that about? It's people learning to take authority and dominion by proclaiming the word of God, proclaiming the truth, and seeing the blessing of God come because they understand what it means to take that authority. When Jesus sent his disciples out to heal people, he didn't say, ask the Father to heal them. He didn't say, beg for healing. He said, heal the sick. Heal them. Heal them. And so my thoughts on this are that we're going to, for the next month, we're going to declare scripture and we're going to saturate this place and our homes with healing scripture. We're going to saturate our minds, our soul, our spirit, our soul, and our body with healing scriptures to raise the level, to raise the level of our experience, to raise the level of, of healing in this place. I believe that's what we'll do. As you read scripture at home, you will become... See, we need to become convinced. We need to become convinced <clears throat> that God wants to heal. And the more we read those scriptures and we see the truth of his word, God doesn't compromise on it. He doesn't say, well, maybe, you know, I will, perhaps, if I feel, if I'm in a good mood. When you read the scriptures, it's, I will. This is what I do. You follow me, this is what I'll do for you. You won't experience the, the, the sicknesses, the diseases that other people do. And they're in those scriptures. And there may be things that I add to it. So what I want us to do is to take those, take day one. You can... You can um, you can take pictures of those, put them on your phone. If you want me to email them to you, I can email it digitally to you so you can put it on a device so that you have them that way. doesn't matter. If you, if you want to sign up, you can sign up for... If you don't get church emails and you want to get church emails, sign up and give me your email address. If you want me to text it to your phone, I can do that. However you want it, just let me know and I'll do that. Give me your phone number. But I want to see as we, as we individually at home, and I want you... I did day, I did day, uh, week one. Um, when was I here? Thursday? Friday. Thursday. I read week one. It took me like two to three minutes to read through it, to read it out loud. That's all it took, two to three minutes. So if we do it once a day, maybe, maybe do it twice a day, maybe do it three times a day. Maybe if you have children, do it with your children. Let them read, help teach them to read and help them to read and let them read them, read them together. And read those scriptures over and over again. And as we become saturated, see, here's what, here's what happens. There's a, there's a synergy that, that takes place. When we fill ourselves with scripture and then we come together, there's a dynamic power that it increases, that multiplies what will happen in this place because we're, we're focusing on that. And 
And another thing, and I see this isn't, I can feel fairly confident. I don't know what God's going to do, but I know he's up to something. But I feel fairly confident that this is not my idea. <laughs> this is not my idea. I don't wake up at 4.30 in the morning and all of a sudden say, oh, I'm, now I know what I'm going to do. This is the Lord, and so I'm just, I want to encourage you in that, to pray these scriptures so that we, by the end of the, by the end of this month, we'll go, the first two, the first two weeks are Old Testament verses, and the second two sheets are New Testament verses on healing. All I, you know, I don't know that we've ever done this before, when we have somebody special coming in to speak, especially somebody that speaks on healing. And I don't know what his experience is, where he's traveled or where he's been. I don't know a lot about him. But um, I know this. If we prepare the atmosphere here for somebody that walks in anointing, we can draw more out of them than has been drawn out of them when they go other places if there's not been the preparation. And I really believe that God's calling us to really prepare the soil here. And so let's do it. I, you know, I think that God wants to increase. He wants to increase uh, what we've seen. We've seen some healings. Obviously, we had one on Friday. And he wants to increase that even more. But I think that it... <laughs> Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda and healed one person and left. He was thrown out of fishing lure. He was, he was wanting people to pursue him. And that's what we need to do. And I believe, see, Jesus is the word. He's the living word. So we're going to declare the word. Declare the word. Decree it. Pray it. I don't care what term you use to say it. But you only have to take week one this week if you want. If you want to take all four, that's fine. Whatever you want to do. I just want you to get it out there and and begin to pray those. And I'm going to send out periodically. I haven't decided how. Often, unless the Lord wakes me up early in the morning and tells me what to do again. From time to time, I'm going to send out emails church-wide just to encourage you, to remind you, please keep praying. Please keep declaring these scriptures. Read them out loud. and You don't have to shout them. You, just, you can whisper them just so it's audible. But declare those scriptures because I believe God is going to do something and do something amazing for us. He wants us, he wants us to step into something and... And, and it has to do with us, us understanding the authority and the dominion that he's given us and wants us to walk in. And as our thinking and as our mindset comes into alignment with the word, it becomes a settled issue. I'm going to share communion together in, in just a moment. And... Um, Psalm 103 says that he forgives all our sins and he heals all our diseases. The two are together. And we know that on the cross, Jesus paid for sin to be forgiven and he, and he shed his blood so that we could be healed. She's fine. Don't worry about her. We love the sound of children. We just It's like music, so please don't worry. Love that. Um, and so... Um, the, what the Reformation brought was a, a, a return to salvation by faith in Jesus alone. And the church has gotten so solid in their thinking that when you trust Jesus as your Savior, you're saved, that's it, your sin is gone, it's a done deal. 
We're convinced of that. We really are in the church. It's amazing how strongly we feel that, at least for the evangelical church and Bible-believing churches. But we're not so sure about that healing aspect. But I believe that when we get to the point where we're as convinced that, that healing is in the atonement as we are that salvation is in the atonement, it's going to be an explosion of, of healing. And so let's do our part. Let's do our part with, with um, preparing the soil. I'm not expecting anything in particular, but I'm very expectant that God's up to something. I really am. He's up to something. He's going to do something um, because it just seems like his plan. It seems like his plan. So we're going to go. Um, I started April 5th. We're going to April 7th, April 5th, but it's a month. It's four weeks.